Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Wednesday night and it is retro night. And as always, I look back with the panel at uh, games between Newcastle United and another team. And we're looking at Wigan Athletic tonight. Uh, Newcastle against Wigan. Uh, some great games, some uh, some interesting players that played for both teams. And uh, rather scant on celebrities who support Wigan, but I did manage to find some. So all your regular uh, sections are on tonight. And uh, as always, we start off with... Uh, Recollections, and I've got to move George because I'm not used to that, Steve. I'm afraid. But Steve, <laughs> will allow, will allow, will allow you to be, will allow you to be in second place, there, Steve. So, uh, George, over to you for your first, uh, your first match, Newcastle Wigan. Okay, I, I mean, I understood the the, the kind of uh, uh, derision it was when somebody decided it was going to be Wigan, but I have to say it it didn't affect me that much because. Uh, there are two matches close together, which uh, very much impacted on, on me and my family. And that was the 52-53 uh, uh, third round of the FA Cup against Wigan. It's at James's Park. And then the repair uh, at, uh, at, at Wigan on the Wednesday. Um, they are The first recollections was of a game which... Now, this is a non-league club. This is a non-league club at the time. And the attendance was 52,222. Nearly a full house. And why? Because how all of Tyneside thought, well, we're going to win the Cup again. This is this is another year. We're going all the way to Wembley. And they've given them a non-league site to kick off. So we're going to, we'll, we'll wipe the floor with them. And uh, the anticipation in the crowd was, was uh, about uh, how easy it was going to be and all the rest of it. And... Uh, for a short while, uh, and certainly in, in our house, you know, the, the, the two uncles, my dad, the grandfather, uh, and one or two others, they all, they all will have the same view that uh, this was a stepping stone to uh, to Wembley again. So uh, that's why everybody was there, including me. They took me. I, I think it was eleven at the time, and they took me to the match as well. And. Uh, as I say, that there was a, that anticipation in the crowd that uh, this was the start of something, something big, and and for about twenty minutes, they were right. Ivor brought us, uh, put us uh, one up, and uh, it looked like we we're going to sail away with it. But Wigan had a f young forward called Lomax. He didn't score in this game, but he was a nuisance. He made himself a, a nuisance the whole match, and he laid on two goals: one for a lad called Lyon and one for a lad called Livesey who went on to play for Preston North End. Um, and just after half-time, they were 2-1 up. And we started to struggle, you know, with, with all the, the high-powered cup players in the team. It looked like it should be easy. Well, we started to struggle. Um, I mean, the, our team was uh, Simpson, Batty, McMichael, Schooler, Brennan, Stoke, or Walker, Broadus, Monkhouse, Milburn and Mitchell. Well, Alan Monkhouse was a young centre-forward who uh, was a decent player, a very uh, tidy player, but not a very strong player. Easily pushed off the ball, and, and, and I think that's why he didn't last long with, with Newcastle United. But, he, but he, was, he was a tidy player. So that team should have easily um, uh, taken Wigan apart, but they didn't. And as the more they struggled, the worse it got. And... And it was a nightmare in the second half for Batty because he, he gave away the second goal, which uh, uh, started to put the pressure on a little bit. And uh, it wasn't until towards the, the last 10 minutes that Newcastle started to get into the game. And uh, it was a screamer from Jackie Milburn that was the equaliser. And it needed something special, otherwise uh, we were out of the cup. And uh, in went the, uh, went the Milburn equaliser. There was a fair number of Wigan supporters at the, at the, in the ground, all over the ground, because the, the blue and white flags and scarves that went up when that went in were dotted all over the place. In fact, I bet the burglars in Wigan had a good day because there'd be lots of empty houses uh, in, in Wigan that, uh, that afternoon. Uh, and, and they really had a good day. They really, really did have a good day. And, and so they should have enjoyed it. But as I say, uh, people talk about expectations. Well, here's a, a non-league club 
uh, in the third round of the FA Cup and we can attract 52,222. Uh, there aren't many that could compete with that, I've got to say. And that uh, is my first recollection, but it was a particularly good uh, family day out and the result meant uh, they went home to plan the trip to the replay. So that's Fine. my first. Fantastic. Uh, Gary says you should be nicknamed Filofax because you're that you've always got your facts and figures. He says you probably knew all the you probably knew all the names and addresses of the crowd, but uh, it's a compliment, George. It's a compliment, not a criticism. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steve Hasty, your first game. Right. My first game's not that far back, actually. It's, it's just back in April 2006, 15th of April, actually. Um played Wigan. It was a home game. Uh just pipped you, George. It was 52,302 at this yeah, particular yeah. one. <laughs> and uh, there's a number of reasons that were that are interesting facts about this game. Um, we went 1-0 down after five minutes to a goal from Jimmy Bullard. Beautiful free kick, if you remember. Um, one of those where you know you, you knew when Bullard was standing on the ball, and anyone, any of the young younger people who watch uh, soccer Saturday or whatever it's called, will have seen Bullard. And you can do it without looking. You just plonked it right in the corner. Um, then a strange thing happened. We had we had a substitution on eight minutes. We player in Jed. We we lost Boyer. He went <sighs> off in. Uh, they lost a player on seventeen minutes. Uh, they lost to Zoo. Then we lost Amiobi after 18 minutes. And then after 20 minutes, they lost another central defender. Um, so already had four substitutions. Um, and then Shearer popped up and Shearer scored a penalty uh, to make it one all. Um, and then a, a, one of only five goals, I think he scored, Titus Bramble from a corner, heads, a, heads an effort in. It was a beautiful, typical Solano corner and Bramble was totally unmarked in the in the from about nine, ten yards out, and he plunked this ball, beautiful header, planted it right in the in the in the corner, um, and that was it, two one. And then the second half, we we had what was a, a lovely move, um, with a beautiful pass. Which, if I'm perfectly honest, if it was if it was today, they would still be trying to work out on VR. If this game was Saturday, they would be still working out on VR whether or not it was offside or not, because it was one of those really, really tight ones. There'd have been lines all over the pitch. We would have gone for a pint and come back and had still been trying to make our mind up. Um, but it was a beautiful ball by Chopra, lays it on into Shearer's path. Shearer beats the upside trap, goes round the keeper, slots it in, 3-1. Um, well, sounds like it's the normal Newcastle game, but... There was a, a number of reasons why I picked this. Well, one, this was Alan Shearer's last home game. And we won 3-1. 1-3-1. Last home game. It was also <laughs> it was also the first game that Shearer had scored two for a couple of seasons. Um, it was the first time for a couple of seasons that we'd actually come back from a 1-0, um, being 1-0 behind and actually winning a game. Um and it was it was the very fact that that I think the whole everything was then built up for the rest of the season. You know, Shearer, um, he he broken the record. He gets a couple more goals in this game, and we're thinking oh, there's a couple of some really corking games coming up. We've got Sunderland, we've got Chelsea, um, various other fixtures, and we thought you know we're going to go out on a he was going to go out on a high, um, and that was the last we saw of him at St James's Park in a league game. Obviously, he had the friendly where he just came on for the last couple of minutes, the testimonial, that is, for the last couple of minutes. But uh, when you think about it, you know, we were graced with a beautiful, amazing footballer uh, that we were all lucky enough to watch. Um, and, you know, for to see him go out on a, on a two-goal run like that uh, at home for the last time in front of 52,000 uh, was something special. You look at the team, um, and again, another one for the youngsters, don't, don't believe everything that you see on the Premier League website because apparently we had given in goal. We had Stephen Carr as uh, left as right back, and we had uh, Robbie Elliott, uh, goalkeeper, playing at left back. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> typical, typical. Um, obviously, it, it meant it was Robbie Elliott, the proper left back, who was playing. Um, Craig Moore and Bramble at the uh, central defence. We had Solano, Dyer, Boyer. And then Zogbia is the midfield four with Shearer and Amiobi up front. Um, 
as I say, Amiobi went off injured, Boyer went off injured, Dyer went off. They were replaced by Faye, um, Lee Clark, who did a great show last night, and uh, Michael Chopra. Um, so, you know, all in all, you look at that and you think, well done. And that was, of course, under under the managership of of, uh, of Glenn Roder. Um, but that was my first choice, 2006, Shira's last game at St. James's Park. And uh, something I'm so proud to say that I was at. Great stuff. Okay. Uh, Stu, on to you, mate. Firstly, uh, I need to apologise to Mitch because we were meant to wear the same T-shirts with new ones that John sent. But I've got a one. I have to have a word with you, mate, because you give us the wrong one. I've got the one with you, me and Spenny on, Steve. All right. And I've seen, I've seen Spenny's in the chat. And it's good to see that he's watching because, as we know, he's had, some, he's had a health scare. Uh, today he went for a CAT scan. And I kid you not. You know, they play music when you're getting your scans and everything, just to relax you. They had the song by Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive, playing as he went. <laughs> right. And that's gospel truth. You, you're going to actually. <laughs> right. up to like, see, you can't believe this. So get well soon, mate, and hopefully they've got rid of your MAGA accent as well. Yeah, get, so, well, <laughs> soon. get well soon, Spenny. Yeah. Right, so the first game I want to talk about is um, Boxing Day 2008. There's two games I want to, uh, first of two, obviously. They're both testing games. And the reason I call them testing games is because they both finished 1-2-1-2. One, two, one, two. So we've got beat 2-1 in this one. And it was against uh, Wigan Boxing Day. Now, the reason I picked it is because I'd flown over from Tenerife for Christmas. Um, and I was in the backwaters or outpost that's called Keithley and I managed to get tickets and uh, the heat come down with his dad we met him in the bar had a few drinks got into the ground and you know like in Wigan they're one of these well it's a new ground it was at the time they have the like a lot of grounds now they've stopped playing music and have everything else just to get the, the crowd there lifted up so they <laughs> they had this song that I hadn't heard because they uh, Whilst I was living in Tenerife, I didn't really keep up to date with what was going on music-wise or TV-wise uh, for different, different reasons. Now, this song came on and everyone was singing it. And I mean everyone, no matter what age group. You know, there, there was people I knew there like, who were at the time in the, in the 60s. Uh, there's people in the late the teens and everyone knew the words of this song. And I'm like, what is this? So I said, here is this a Newcastle song. You went, no, no, it's one that's been in the charts. And I don't know why, but it was it was called uh, Human by the Killers. And everyone seemed to know the words. And it's, it's stuck in my head for the last 13 years. And everyone knew that. So we're all bouncing up and down. As, as you can imagine, on a boxing day, people's had their fill on Christmas Day. So it was a jovial atmosphere. Everyone's up for it. But once again, on Boxing Day, Newcastle United let us down. And it's we get used to it with the club known as uh, NUFC over the festive season. So... Well, all, the, all I could do for the game was we'll, we'll get me two on Ryan Taylor scored. He scored in the previous uh, game on Boxing Day. We played Wigan the year before as well. We, he scored the winner, 1-0. And he scored in this one as well. But I reckon that we can forgive him since he signed for us in the over-the-wall job. So no, no hard feelings with that. And for us, Guthrie scored near the end with a penalty, but we got what we deserved, which was absolutely nothing. And... The, you could tell that the, the, all the joy from the Robson era had faded. Ashley had been just taking control. I think you might have been at that game. There was a photograph of you with him, Steve, was it? Yeah, was that the game you were on boxing game? Best buddies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was actually in the crowd. And to be fair, the atmosphere was really good. But uh, by the end of it, people were just sick and loads of people had left. Um, and, and that was it. I went up to Newcastle for, for New Year's Eve. But it was a slow trip back over the Pennines in the Kisby, the land that time forgot. So that was my first memory of good uh, wigging away. So that was it. Fantastic. Uh, Steve Wilkinson, uh, yeah. over to you now, mate. Well, 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 my first game is, is the game, actually the same season, just before the game Stu's talked about. And uh, we had the, for both of those games, we had the, uh, the, the probably our worst manager, uh, Joe Kinnear and George playing against our second worst manager, Steve Bruce, who was Wigan manager at the time. So uh, take your pick of which which managers we would rather have. Um, it was a home game, and uh, 
quite a controversial game in, in, a, in a number of ways. Um, and and uh, t- we had, uh, again, as was mentioned earlier on, we had several players that had played for both clubs involved. Uh, Titus Bramble, that Steve mentioned about, was also a scorer, as was Ryan Taylor. It was Ryan Taylor that put uh, Wigan ahead after just three minutes. It was... Uh, it was it was a long shot just outside the the penalty area. Uh, I, I think he sliced it in some ways. It was it was a, just ball squared to him, and he seemed to hit it in the outside of his right foot, and it squirmed away at the top corner. And uh, not long after um, the uh, that that goal, there was a there was a, the first of an incident with with a, a foul by um, a guy called Emerson Boyce, who uh, who tackled um, Jonas Gutierrez, who was going up the left wing. He got got a yellow card, justified in that. But the, the controversial bit was in the second half, not long into the second half, when um, there was another tackle by Boyce on, on Namiobi, up the left w- wing going towards the, uh, the Lisa's end. And uh, if VAR had looked at this one, uh, you just have to look at normal telly on this one if you watch it on YouTube. The guy clearly got the ball, but the referee didn't see it that way. And you'd had no you know, playbacks in those days. And he gave him a second yellow, sent him off. So Wigan were down to, to 10 men. Um, and uh, but we're still we're still losing the game, and and uh, it was getting nearer and nearer the finish. Um, Michael Owen was on the bench. We had quite a decent team actually. Was Shea giving in goal? Uh, Habib Bay, Colacini, Bassong, uh, Jose Enrico, Gutierrez, Joey Barton, Nicky Butt in the midfield, Damian Duff, and uh, Shola and, and Obi and Fami Martins up front. So it wasn't it wasn't a bad team on paper, but um. Uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who went off, but it would, Michael Owen came on anyway, just in, early in the second half. And the, the first goal was a uh, equaliser was in the 80th minute, shot by Amiobi from just outside the box. And like you really want a striker to do is, is follow it up and uh, and have a tap in. And Michael Owen did exactly that. And uh, we're back in the game once each. And then uh, about five minutes later was, was, was probably the goal of the game. It was another shot, very similar position, just inside the penalty area, but it was Obafemi Martins. And we can remember how hard he hit the ball. And it was a beautiful pass in by Charles Ndogbe, another player who ultimately played for both teams, slotted uh, Obafemi Martins in and he, and he cracked it in the top corner of the net. And, and you hoped that that was going to be a, a, a victory. And you can imagine the crowd was having been down in the game to come back and score two goals in the last 10 minutes. Hopefully it was going to be, uh, be a, a victory at the end. But... Um, Wigan had the last laugh, and, and in the right in the last minute, um, they got a corner on the left. Ball was crossed in, and uh, even though he's rare in scoring goals, Steve mentioned a goal he scored earlier on. For us, this time it was a goal for Wigan by Titus Bramble, who was on the back post, headed it in. Um, I think uh, it probably hit one of our defenders on the line and, and didn't get cleared. So, game finished twos each. Steve uh, Steve Bruce had a whinge on about the the, the refereeing incident. Uh, after the game, and uh, so it was a, it was a, you know, one of those sort of games that you have that um, you know it was we nearly won, but we we threw it away at the last minute, which was a was a bit of a disappointment, and, and sort of set the scene for a the sort of uncomfortable time we had while Joe Kinnear was there, in manager. So that's my first game, um, in two thousand and eight. Good stuff. Lots of happy memories uh, rolling in from games with Wigan. There's that photograph that uh, Stu referenced. Uh, me and Mike, of course, uh, having That's a great good. time at Wigan. I ended up uh, just absolutely paralytic because I went back down to the bar in Newcastle with that bat. <laughs> Steve, Steve, did you know? Steve, not, that, you? Sorry, sorry, no. Put that picture on. I think that's me to the bot, right? I'm not sure if it is. I'm thinking it might be one of his security. You know, he was surrounded that day by security. Top top left. You never know though, it might be mid. Top left. It's who, top. sorry, George? Brian Drew, top left. Uh from Blythe. Uh somebody I used to uh, go to football with a long time ago. Mates with with mates with Marjorie's brother. Ashley looks delighted anyway. But uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on, Mitch. That's your fault. Well, I'll, I'll was... <laughs> I, I was I was like you when I asked Steve when I when I went through the results and looked at looked back, all I can remember is miserable stuff against Wigan and I thought Christ we're gonna be right raise the sunshine tonight. Yeah. Um so just to add to that, I'm gonna pick up somebody's just um somebody somebody just look um had up about Charles Insomnia. And in my first game I'm gonna talk about it does involve in Zogbia. And Zogbia was an interesting character. He's one of these ones who got a little bit big for his boots. 
Um, and I remember in part watching some of that evolve because I used to have a, an apartment in the town centre and, and the club had one of the penthouses that used to put uh, players in. Uh, and Seb Bassong was in, he was my upstairs neighbour effectively. And I remember coming out one night um, and getting into the lift and there's Charles and Zugby in the lift. And I, I kid you not, you look like Michael Jackson out the bad video. He, he, oh my word he was wearing the worst leather jacket I think I've ever seen and he obviously thought he was fantastic and he kept looking at us as if to say well are you going to say it ask us who I am and and I just thought I'm not going to I'm not going to bow to this because by then he'd already started with the I'm off to Juventus sort of clap trap that an agent was obviously whispering in his ear um, and so of course where did he end up Wigan you should have have a look at the man in the mirror ah well maybe he's Shamal. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so on it's this is 16th of October 2010. Notable in that it's a rare game in and around my birthday because it's usually an, usually an international weekend. Um, and and Zogby arrived probably with insomnia still ringing in his ears, and he came like a man with something to prove, and pr- prove it by God did he? And he two goals in two minutes, and we're gonna two nil up after 23 minutes. Um, both goals set up, if I remember, by an Argentinian lad called De Santo, who seemed to, he ran the game for the first hour. Absolutely ran the game and then just ran out of steam. And the minute he ran out of steam, we suddenly got back in it and Shola equalised, um, sorry, Shola scored the first on the 72nd minute and then everybody celebrated. And you shouldn't really celebrate a last minute equaliser against Wigan, but you'll take it when you can. And that was the fantastic towering header by Colaccini. Um, I think he was standing skipper that day because I think Nolan was, was injured. Uh, and and so we rescued a point out of it. But the game was all about Charles and Zogbia and this this sort of um, desperation that he had to prove something to us after he'd left with a big, you know, big furore about him. Oh, I'm going to Juventus, I'm going here, I'm going there. And then to see him end up at Wigan was just a joke, really. And to be honest with you, like so many players who leave like that, if they do take a step sideways or down, they never you never really see them coming back up again. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame. It just felt like he was another one of those ones that could have been so much more. Uh, and all about his 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 mental attitude more than out else. Yeah, it's uh, you're right though about that. Somebody's just put up before as well. 19, 19 times we played Wigan, but um, it's one of those games you always felt you should have won, and you always get. I think, we've only won, I think we've only won seven of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those places. And somebody else has just put it. Uh, the best thing about Wigan, I think, was Paul Oxley, is the away ticket allocation, which he which he is uh, right about, you know, and the fact that it's quite close. It's uh, it's always a good the, it's a good away trip. And the pies. And the pies. The pies are good. <laughs> Big shout out to the sponsor, SpiderVPN. Google SpiderVPN for all your internet security. They can protect your passwords and uh, prevent any hacking and that kind of thing. So get yourself onto SpiderVPN and they can help you out. Also a big shout out to skipsandbins.com this month. Telephone 0800 25 45 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Uh, big shout out to them lads, uh, Scott and Nathan and Gareth. And uh, there he is wearing his NUFC Matters, kit, sir, Bobby. And uh, also a big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk, uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wall's End. And uh, also a big shout out to John at Jab Signature. If you uh, like to listen to us when you're out walking the dog, we are on all your podcast providers iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, uh, whatever you can find. Uh, just search NUFC Matters. First time visitor at the channel. And please click onto the badge, Newcastle Legends, in the bottom right-hand corner. And that's it. You subscribe for free seven nights a week. Uh, we have uh, Newcastle United-related content. So hit the like button, uh, which is the little thumb. Hit the share button to share to your social media and drop into the chat. Uh, you can leave a comment on screen and get involved with the uh, like-minded Newcastle fans down there. And uh, don't forget, throughout the summer, the food bank is still operating the match day bucket. So if you want to make a donation to the food bank, that's a great way of doing it. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk. Uh, that will enter you as well into a, a raffle for the watch, which gets drawn at the start of August. And if you want to get on to uh, our website as well, it is nufcmatters.com. 
John from QTech kindly set that up and is running it, and he has a whole host of uh, merchandise on there. T-shirts, hoodies, cups, uh, car stickers, you name it. Uh, get yourself on there and have a look. And just a reminder to stick that date in your calendar, the 6th of August, the Food Bank uh, uh, fundraiser, the uh, Pool Night, 24-hour charity Pool Night, being organised by QTech at Spotlight in Newcastle. That, again, is raising fan, uh, funds for the Food Bank. More will be coming out about that as uh, the next couple of weeks pass on. Uh, probably the Three Amigo show is the best time to check that out and uh the latest t-shirt uh everything is my fault t-shirt for the food bank is up on my twitter at steve rape i think the opening bid was 50 quid so um that's great news uh get yourself onto my twitter it's pinned at the top if you want to make a bid for that t-shirt it will be a one-off just bid on there and uh, the three amigos is back on friday and uh, there we go. It's more like the Fantastic Four than the, than, than, uh, than the, uh, the the Fab Four this week. Um, me, Keith, Mitch, and Steve, who looks rather dashing, I think, with hair. Um, I've I've been to the gym clearly, but yeah, it's the Fantastic Four, not the Fab Four, this Friday. And I'm um, looking forward to to that. Uh, a little bit more reserved, I think, this week after last week's fireworks, um, and maybe a little bit more humour and a chance to spread all of our regular content around in a more orderly fashion than uh, having to cram everything into the last five minutes. Uh, but George, back to you, mate. Yeah. Uh, your second um, game. Get well, Spenny. And the other thing I'd say about last week is it was interesting to see somebody who was talking from his heart against somebody who was talking to a script. But that's my view of it. My view of it. Good points, George. Good points. No, I think you. I think you've got a spot on there, mate. Anyway, um, having had the two-two draw on the Saturday, of course, um, the discussion in where in my house, uh, in our house, was uh, a who who didn't play well, who should play in the replay, and then of course the big discussion was were they going to the replay? So at the time, I think I've mentioned before, my grandmother used to work for. Um, Holland's buses at Wall's End and they had three luxury coaches and uh, so my granny was uh, Nana was dispatched down to North Road where the garage was to see Alfie Holland's and see if she could persuade him to get enough tickets to take a bus to Wigan because in those days if a coach uh, proprietor wanted to take a bus to Wigan he just used to get the tickets himself and then sell the tickets and then sell his bus at the same time and the lads always knew that Holland's were keen to do that and especially after being granny twisted his arm to, to make sure he did. So off they decided they would go and start selling the tickets to their mates. So uh, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to go. I still couldn't understand why one 11-year-old wasn't allowed a day off school with 30 blokes in the shipyard who were allowed a day off work. But never mind, that's another issue. And I was told to mind my own business when I raised that issue at my age, but never mind. Um, anyway, they decided they would go in, in a busload set off to go to the replay at Wigan. And somebody had heard about these fantastic new uh, places on the, on the, it was the A52, it was the M52 then, where you could go in and get a meal and get drink and all the rest of it on your way down. Uh, and uh, somebody had put the notion in their heads that when you went into these places, you could have as much as you like for next to nothing. So off they went and apparently on the way down, they stopped at one of the motorway stations and that's exactly what they did. They piled their plates. And then they spent the next two hours arguing with the magic manager who was going to pay for what, because clearly they all thought well, it was uh, nearly free. Well, it nearly wasn't. It never was. And it's certainly not now. Anyway, they, 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 got, the, they got on the bus and they got the, to Wigan. And uh, the crowd was uh, nearly 16,000, which broke the record for that particular ground, the, 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 the old non-league ground. And... Uh, the, uh, from what they told me was a was an interesting game but a, a very nervous start and as I mentioned in the last game they had a lad called Lomax who was good and was causing all sorts of bother well in this match he didn't just cause a lot of bother and St. Leon two goals he actually scored two goals and uh, the second of which um, made us very nervous because it made us made them two on in, in, in the lead and uh, it was interesting to see that the team how it changed from the first match. Uh, nearly the same. Simpson, Cowell instead of Batty. McMichael, Schooler, Brennan and Casey instead of Stoke. Uh, and uh, Tommy Casey was uh, a bit more guile than, uh, uh, than Stoke and, and a bit harder as well. And on the right wing, Len White 
who was in for Alan Monkhouse. And again, a strong player for somebody who wasn't necessarily as uh, as strong as he could be. The broadest, Keeble, Milburn and Mitchell. Again, a team that could have knocked uh, uh, first division clubs out of the cup, never mind a non-league club. Um, but the, the game went on and, and uh, uh, Keeble got the first goal, Len White the second goal and Ivor Broadus finished the, the match off for the th- for the three two win, uh, with one of his uh, daisy cutters as they called him. He he had a knack of uh, hitting the ball about half an inch off the off the turf, and it was when it went like an arrow. There was no stopping it, and, and that's what he did in this particular match. Apparently, um, the discussion for most of the uh, the bus on the way home was uh, either they weren't going to stop at a motorway station anymore because nobody had any money left. And um, and the other one was, well, we're going to make a bid for this kid, Lomax. Why haven't we bought this kid before? Um, but actually, um, what happened, I think, is, is I said to you in the, at the first match, Lomax ended up uh, at Preston North End, which was probably a good move for him. Um, but as I say, the members of my family who saw him twice uh, still couldn't wondered why we hadn't put a bid in for this kid because he was very good. Um Great trip was had by all, and uh, all got home safe and sound, uh, all bar one. And uh, just down the street from me, Granny's, there was a family called the Dickies, and uh, and somebody else said, yes, laughing. Um, the the Dickies uh, had sons were great at getting lost, and uh, sure enough, uh, Alfie Dickie wasn't on the bus when it got back to Wall's End, and uh, so he. He had to find his own way back from from Manchester, uh, eventually, uh, about a day later than everybody else, and having to explain to his father, who was a huge man and not an unforgiven, uh, very unforgiven man, uh, as to what he was doing in Manchester on his own, uh, what made him miss the bus. Uh, And all of his stories were disbelieved, of course. But another entertaining trip with the family and and, and friends and neighbours to go and see a, a Newcastle United Cup tie. But again, all in anticipation of the fact, of course, we're going to win the cup again. That's what it was all about. And anyway, they the broke that the broke the record and they made a lot of money out of it as well. So that's the second one. I did manage to find this picture, George, which was from I believe I think it was the year after or the year before. I'm not sure, but Wigan Stand was just getting built, George. It then. was, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was obviously that's the away fixture, but uh, fascinating that. That's, I think that's, that's I think that's Milburn well, at the back. Jackie Milburn there in the middle, and that's Vic yeah. Keeble. Uh, there's Tommy Casey, and that's Len White. White but, Casey. Keeble, Milburn, and in and I think in the middle. No, it's not Bobby Mitchell. It's uh, trying to think who else was in the team. Well, I've spotted the ball, George. Anyway, oh, it's in the keeper's yeah. hand. It is, yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely the match, Steve. You're right. That's it. And that's yeah. Jackie Milburn, yeah, and Vic Keeble. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Say the pitch is fantastic. You forget about the games, what the yeah. pitches we're playing now compared to what it used to be like. Oh, yeah, fantastic. But, but uh, Steve, the old bit, old fashioned bit of me says it's the same for both teams. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Chris Collins says, What a picture. It is, yeah. Very difficult. Yes. You would be very surprised at how difficult it is to find photographs for this show because well, there's I, not many. I, I have to say, I tried very hard myself and I couldn't find that one. Uh, yeah, there was a particularly good one of Milburn's equaliser at St James's Park, and I couldn't even find that one. You know, yeah. But that that was that's a great picture, Steve. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Good stuff. Okay, Steve, on to you, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know what? I think there was more edge in Wigan games in the boardroom than there was on the pitch, because if you remember that, that was round about the time where. Um, <laughs> hadn't she? Hadn't hadn't Ashley taken uh, taken Whelan to court? And hadn't, hadn't he turned up at Whelan's yeah. at one point? Yeah, and, uh, to try and sort out some deal and invite him up. And he was he was sent packing by Whelan. Um, you know, you you Southerner coming up. This is a northern a northern base for looking after merchandising and all that. And I think from that moment onwards, 
Ashley had very much his heckles up uh, towards towards Whelan and towards the rest of the uh, the northern clubs or the northern entrepreneurs, shall we call them, who ran a lot of sports emporiums, you know. Um, so I think there's probably more edge there. Any, anyway, moving on. Uh, my, my next game is uh, 1st of April 2017. Yeah, and looking at the ticker there, I've actually found another win. Dear me, I've struck lucky here. This is a 2-1 win during the promotion season. But again, it's Wigan. It's a you know a fairly nondescript game. I haven't I didn't choose it because we'd won two one. Um, I'll go into the game. I'll go into the goals first. The first one was a lovely pass that came right across the edge of the box from uh, Modi Army. And uh, Gail slots in at the back post, uh, makes it one one nil. Um, second ge- second goal was Matt Ritchie, who followed up on his own volley. Um, he had a well half volley. He had a half volley. The ball eventually landed on him round about the inside, the old inside left position. Hits a shot, uh, as I say, half volley. Comes back off the post, and he's the only one who's reacted, and he heads it in. And then we got the uh, we got the ritual of a of a. Of a Richie celebration where he kicks the living daylights out of the out of the flag post um, in the in the bottom corner at the at the, at the Gallagher end. Uh, I think you know no fans were injured in this particular one, if I remember rightly. Mm. Although a few, a few got injured in a, in a few subsequent ones. But the the reason why I picked this game, well, there was there's a couple. First one is uh, this this myth that's built up with with Bruce over the over the last eighteen months. About formations, um, and we went into this into this game, and it was Rafa, and he played a four four one one. He didn't play a five at the back or anything like that. Apparently, that's all we can play. We've played a four four five one. We had Darlow in goal. Um, he played Anita at right back, and he played Dummett at left. He played Lascelles and Hanley in the two central defensive positions. He played Richie wide on one side on the right. He played Gufran on the left. He played Shelby and Colback as the two central holding midfielders. And he played Mud Yami just behind Dwight Gale. And then you look at the bench and he had Hayden, he had Perez, he had Mbemba, he had Elliot, goalkeeper this time, not Elliot fullback. Uh, he had Gomez, he had Atsu, and he had Mitrovic. Um, and and you, you look at that and you think, well, she's still there, Shelby's still there. Uh, Gail's still there. Lascelles is still there. Dummett's still there. <laughs> you know, Darlow's still there. Hayden's still there. Um, Atsu's only just left. You know, and, and again, this is this is four years ago, but it was a four-four-one-one formation. But the game itself put were put were one point clear of Brighton. It put us ten points clear of Huddersfield, with only seven games to play. And you know, again, you, you want to. You want to go back and, and enjoy that promotion season. It's it's all there. It's all in the We Are the Geordies film, and uh, you'll you'll see the, the the what was going on if you if you haven't already watched it. But the key for me, there's four key points that I want to just want to bring up. That win with seven seven games to go left us twelve points clear of Leeds. Right, it left left us seventeen points clear of Fulham. It left us 27 points clear of Aston Villa and it left with 33 points clear of Wolverhampton Wanderers. That was four seasons ago. Now, wow. we, we all talk about the, the well, have we gone down, have we gone up, have we raised our game, um, have we stayed static, um, have other clubs just improved or is it just the style of football we'll play, what's going on? Uh, is it COVID? Was it COVID that's affected what performances? You name it, it's all been thrown at with. But when you see stats like twelve points clear in in the obviously in the in the in the championship, twelve points clear four years ago from Leeds, seventeen from Fulham, twenty-seven from Villa, and thirty-three from Wolverhampton Wanderers. <sighs> what can you say? What can you say other than where? Why are we where we are now? That's... Why are we the static club among those four? Obviously, well... apart. From Fuller move, gone down, come back up and gone down again. That's that's what zero money in from the owner and seven million capex over a ten year period gets you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. very, very, very true. Very true. Yeah. Okay, good good stuff, mate, and good points made there, Steve. Uh Stu, your second game. The second game I chose as as I mentioned earlier is another two one defeat. It's probably our most famous or infamous game against Wigan. 
And that was in March 2013, when I, I, every time I try to say this guy's name, it sounds like the Muppets. Callum Lemon. He was uh, his challenge on Hedora. Now, the reason is when last week, when it said at the end of the show, yeah, that one, if you call it a challenge, it's, all, it's, it's a salt, isn't it? But when <laughs> last week we said that this game was good, we were going to talk about Wigan, I called uh, GSC, who was very instrumental in that game, uh, John Carver, and I asked him to come on the show this week as like a special guest. And we'll chat to him. And he said, yeah, yeah, no problem, mate, I'll do it for you. And then later in the chat, he realised he's away with Scotland and they've got a game against Holland tonight. So he, obviously he can't be with us, but he will do a show later on. So because I was at the game, I spoke to him afterwards and that night we're in Newcastle. I, said, uh, I got the story of his version of events at that time, but last week he gave us permission to tell you what I'm going to tell you now. And there was stuff I hadn't heard about this, so I had to write some of them down. <laughs> now, um, a couple of years before that, or 80 months before that, uh, Gary Speed had sadly passed away. And when JC went out to the funeral, he stayed at Mark Halsey's house, who's the referee. Now, I know Mitch has had speaking with Halsey, so I don't know if this has been mentioned in your conversation. So he was, I wouldn't say friends with him, you know, but they were, they, they were in contact. He stayed at his, his house when he went down to the funeral. Now, because what I didn't realise, the first thing he said when I asked him, he said, you know, the reason I lost my temper, I said, well, because you're a Raji. And he says, no, the, the reason I lost my temper is because the, the player who did it, McManaman, he had also did it against Newcastle a few weeks beforehand in the reserves. And I think it was yes. Sammy Amiobi that he'd done. And I, d I didn't realise that, so I don't know if any of you knew that. Apparently, he'd done exactly the same challenge. So it looked like uh, he'd, do he'd done it again on purpose. And it was near the dugout. So, as you all know, he's, he's not really uh, backwards and coming forwards, John. So he was up and out. But when it all kicked off at the, at the time, only James Perch tried to help him. And, but the reason that he got fined and not suspended is because he never left his technical area. It was the Wigan coach, whoever that come into the Newcastle area. That's where it all started. So he says it, it had calmed down. Then at half time, it kicked off again on the pitch and it got split up and people got dragged off. So he says, we're in there in the change room at half time. The uh, Pardew was like trying to keep everyone calm and like focus on the second half because we are getting beat 1-0 at the time and then there was a knock at the door the fourth official comes and says to JC yeah, Mark needs a word with you so he's went out and he says I'm sorry mate you've got to get sent off for the fraggle and he went well I didn't do that he says what about this player and he says well that'll get looked at later on he says I can't do anything he says you've caused trouble you've got to get sent off so he has to go to the stands now imagine sitting there and there's no like special director's boxes etc like what you have at Newcastle He's sitting there amongst fans with one security guard standby, and all these Wigan fans are uh, they give them plenty of abuse. And as I mentioned before, with JC being the shrinking violent that he is, he says, I got in nearly more trouble watching the second half than I did than kicking off on the, on the pitch at the first half. So he ended up getting fined a grand, and, and the one the, the coach from the other team ended up getting suspended. Um, but going to the, the, the second half, Santon, of all people, equalised. He popped up on the right-hand side, David Santon, who was our left-back. He popped up yeah. on the right-hand side and cracked one in from the edge of the box. And uh, I actually watched it back during the week. And his face, his facial expression that he'd scored was a delight to see. But I think it was more surprise on his behalf that he'd scored with his right foot rather than his left. No, he was like, genuinely surprised. So then it were again... In good old-fashioned Newcastle, they threw everything at the Wigan goal, kitchen sink a lot. And then we succumbed to a 90th-minute uh, uh, late goal where they scored from a corner. But this, it was scored by Coney. That's the guy who used to dye his hair different colours, I believe. I, I don't know if he was a Guinness or a matchstick that day, but yeah, I know he had dyed his hair. And he scored, but when the corner came over, someone blatantly handled it. It was like Maradona-esque. And all the, all the players, I think Robbie Elliott was in goal. He, he was the first to put his hand up, which he should have been concentrating on the game. But it bounced about a bit and Cody knocked it in. And again, on match of the day, they did highlight it. And again, typical Newcastle, oh, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, that shouldn't have been this, that shouldn't have been allowed. It should have been allowed. So once again, frustration, the way to Wigan. 
and it led for a, that was a disappointing trip home from a game that, as Steve mentioned earlier, you're always expecting to be quick and now it's, you, you do, you know, it's the stature of the club, the stature of our club, we all expected to turn up and beat them, match them for commitment first and the talent should win. But it's very rare that we've managed to match them for the commitment. Uh, so that was the second game and I just thought I'd give a different insight to what I heard and share it with you all. Great stuff. If I, yeah. if, I can, if I can add to that, we when I took over Toon Talk Radio from you, Steve, with Andrew Davis, we used to start to get Mark Halsey on there. And then when we took over Capital Radio Sports Show on a Friday over here for a little while, uh, Mark was a regular guest. Um, and, he, and he's an interesting character because he will talk openly. Um, I think even more so now that he's retired and he, he doesn't get on with the PGMOL and the, 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 the referees. Um, body at all um, and we got out of him uh, two things uh, one, he absolutely didn't see the challenge there was two players in his way and he didn't see it and he admits to this day he didn't see it um, and he, and he we asked him, I said if you had VAR what, what, what decisions would you overturn and he said there was two decisions and they were both, both against us um, that one being one of them he says if you had VAR and he'd seen the challenge at the angle that you can see it on the television. There's no doubt it would have been a red card. Um, and he was told to shut up about it by the referee's body as well afterwards, by the way. Um, and the other other the other decision he, he said he wished he'd seen from a different angle was, do you remember when we played Grimsy in the cup and had a thug of a centre-back who spent the entire game trying to put his elbow through Shearer's face? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, and he said, he, he said, that's the other one. He watched that game back the, the next day. And he says, I missed three opportunities to send the guy off and I just didn't see them. Brilliant. Uh, and, Brilliant and it's space. interesting to hear a professional referee or a former professional referee with the shackles taken off because he was Being super honest. honest yeah. you know. Yeah, he was super honest. And my opinion of Mark Halsey changed significantly just from having him as a weekly guest on the show and having, you know, talking through the controversial refereeing decisions of the week with him and getting a really refreshingly honest answer. Yeah, great stuff, good stuff. Uh, Steve Wilkinson, your next yeah. story. Not not like Peter Walton when on BT, who seems to always sort of agree with uh, whatever uh, the wrong yeah. decision seems to be. Yeah. They have, have, have Dermot Gallagher on on B in sports as well, and he does exactly the same. I used to work with Dermot. We used to do uh, Players Inc. magazine, and he used to do the monthly column, and I used to do exactly the same with Dermot. He's a good lad, Dermot. Aye. Okay, well, um, as was mentioned earlier, we haven't beaten Wigan many times. And uh, I've actually, for my second game, picked the, the biggest win that we've had. It was a 3-0. Um, coincidentally, as, as in the first half of the show tonight, uh, the game before Stu's game, uh, which was in December 2012, um, we beat Wigan 3-0. Um, another game with the controversial sending off. Um, probably was a, a sending off. I think nowadays it probably wouldn't have been on this, have this double jeopardy thing now because it was... It was a foul by um, a guy called Figueroa on, on uh, Cissé. The ball was put through into the penalty area. Cissé went in and he, and he tackled him from behind. Clearly last, last man, but I, I think um, I think now there's a double jeopardy because he gave the penalty and I think now maybe you wouldn't get a penalty for it. But anyway, we got the penalty. Uh, the guy was sent off. So Wigan again down to 10 men as it was in the, the my, my first game earlier on. And uh, Denver Barr took the penalty and, and stuck it away in the bottom corner. Uh, now, this was the season um, when we were playing in the uh, Europa League and, and uh, was probably, I think I had a game in that when I did a few weeks ago doing that. And it was the start of the season when we really started the decline because we should have built on the season before when we finished fifth and, and got into the competition. And uh, we'd actually, this was a Monday night game. We had a, another European game on the Thursday that week, but I think we'd already qualified. So I don't think it mattered too much. So we'll put up, we'll put up performance then. In this game, and, and uh, you know, took advantage of the ten men. So, uh, Denver Ball having scored, then um, scored another one uh, about eight minutes later. This time, another shot by David Santon that you you mentioned earlier on. He was had a shot outside the box, and and similar as it was in in the first game uh, when I talked about Michael Owen following up. Um, this time, Denver Ball followed up on the shot that the keeper could just parry. It was a stinging shot. Uh, he, he just parried it in the the path of Denver Ball coming in, and he just had a tap in. So we're 2-0 up, um, but the, the highlight of the game for me and, and, and the memorable moment from the game was was the third goal in the second, ha in the second half by Gail Biggie Ramana. I can hardly see his name. 
Um, young kid, we'd signed him uh, as, a, I think, an 18-year-old. He'd only had a couple of games. I think he'd started once before this game. Uh, he'd been on and off his sub a few times. Young lad, so he's only 19. Um, we signed him from Coventry. And, uh, you know, we thought we were going to move forward by signing young players, which was Ashley's plan, sign young and, and, and sell them for a profit was his, was his mission at that time. And he looked like a promising lad that we might get a few years out of, but it, it didn't quite work. But he, he, he made his mark on this game uh, with, with, a, with a fantastic goal. Uh, the ball went across to him just outside the penalty area, took it on his right foot, shifted his left and cracked in the top corner. And, uh, you know, I remember that night, I think it was almost in line with it where I was sitting and, and uh, you saw the ball sort of bend away into the top corner and you, the, the crowd went wild with it. And, yeah, we thought we had found a young lad. But sadly, that was his only ever goal for Newcastle and he, and he, he didn't get many games. And then uh, he was one of the ones that you might remember Ashley shipped out about half a dozen of the Rangers when he, when he was in charge of them just to, to uh, whatever financial deal that, that produced, which we'll, we'll never really find out. But... Um, uh, sadly, Gail Bigger-Rimana didn't didn't make it, but uh, that's a certainly a memorable thing from that game that that we won three nil. So uh, that's my second game for tonight. Nice to hear a victory, Steve. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I say it was hard to find them, you know. <laughs> Mitch, over to you, mate, for your last game. Well, I'm going to pour water on that now. Um, <laughs> Not the nil four. Tw- <laughs> yeah, it is. 28th of, 28th of April, 2012, the season before that season where we actually qualified for Europe. Um, and this game for me typified us under Alan Pardew. When we were good, we were very, very good. But when we were bad, we were rotten. Um, I genuinely believe if you look at the league table, if you want to get an idea whether a team's in a false position or not, look at their goal difference. And your goal difference will give away whether you've 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 nicked a few and you've got a few extra points than you should have, or whether you're in and around the place you should be. And I think we finished fifth with something stupid like a plus five goal difference. And that tells me one thing. You nick a few games because you've got to win quite a few games to finish in fifth. But it means when you get beat, you get thumped. And I think we'd had a thumping right. off Liverpool that season. I think we'd had a thumping off of could Arsenal put five past it that season as well. Um, well, anyway, we managed. And, and this was the ridiculousness. A win in this game would have put us in a Champions League place. That's how well we were playing. And they were in the relegation zone. So up the rock, um, and that man, Franco DeSanto, just orchestrated another masterclass over 45 minutes. Set two calls up for Victor Moses. Where is he now? Sorry, I know he's, he's in Moscow, I think. Um, uh, I think he, I think he set the third one up and, and then scored the fourth himself from about 25 yards, and it was an absolute perler. Um and then the game just petered out from there. It never, we never really came back from it at all and never got back in the game. And they just cruised to a victory that I think took them out of the relegation zone as well. Um, so there's us, you know, looking, I think it was Chelsea. I think we were pushing for fourth and we could have gone past them. And I think we would have left them with a game in hand. But I would always at that stage of the season, I'd rather have the points on the board than the games in hand. And, uh, but I think, you know, under Pardew, that season we finished fifth. Um, because, because, like Steve rightly says, we didn't follow it up with any kind of decent investment um, or anything to build on. That mistake then, you know, we did struggle the following season. Um, but yeah, if you, if you wanted to sum Newcastle United under, under Pardew, it's that game. Because by God, when we were bad, we were stink. You know, Mitch, it was like they got punished for finishing fifth and qualifying for Europe because it meant extra I, expenditure, didn't it? I, she was like, I'll yeah, show I, you, you've, you've overachieved, I'll show you. You're getting any money next year, but you'll definitely steal because <laughs> your team's good enough. Yeah, you know, the, the other thing is, though, as well with Pardew was that I think you said that Santon scored with his right foot when he was yeah. left footed, and that immediately sowed the seeds into Pardew's brain that Santon could play right back as well. You know, it was, uh, it was like, it's like, take your pick, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. scored, you can play there, Sunday League stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, Kevin McGarry says, food bank fundraiser idea, hasty to get a Keegan perm if we hit a target of his choice. I'll let you think about that and you can tell us on Friday, mate. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant, great stuff. Keep those ideas coming in. Uh, just keep them away from me. Um, <laughs> the, okay, as always, we uh, we have a couple of regular features on here, and then the lads pick a, a one to eleven of players that played for both teams. Uh, so um, let's go through the celebrity fans. And as I mentioned earlier, there wasn't many, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure the lads will get all of these. Maybe one might be a bit of a stinker, but uh, let's let's have a go. Here's the first one. Mohammed Hosni Mubarak. I'll give you a point for each name, lads. Well done. That was a good one. President of all that Egypt. Richard Ashcroft. Richard Ashcroft. The verve. Richard Ashcroft. Is that the lad off the BBC? Uh, uh, it is, yes. What the, Rowley, the Rowley, Rowley, Paul Rowley. Rowley. Oh, the Paul Rowley. politics book. Paul Rowley, yeah. All right. Yeah, Burley. Yeah, Burley. Yeah, Burley, yeah. Gosh, you would. Thank you for that picture, Steve. Yeah, yeah it looks better now. <laughs> <laughs> She's just obviously watched uh, Newcastle Wigan match. <laughs> guy Ooh, on the, that... the guy on the left, Stuart McCorney. Correct. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, Who's that's that it. Yeah. Stuart McCorney. Well done. That's it. Well, that's all. That's all the women. He's a, he's a, he's a BBC DJ. That's all, that's like one of those corners of like Northern Island Terrace or something you used to get that, that literally is all that, that, that literally I'm, is the ones I could find. But go on, George, you're going to tell us another one. There well, was two, two really old ones. One was uh, Roy Kinnear, the actor, and the other one, of course, oh. was George, George Formby. Uh, he was ah. the, he was the president when they were non-league. Right, and. Mikhail Gorbachev, allegedly. Mikhail Gorbachev, yeah. Never in the world. Allegedly. I think he spelled it wrong. Classic. All right, then. We'll go now to the players that played for both teams or managed. So we'll start with an easy one. Most of them are easy. Christian. No, wrong picture. Sorry, lads. That's the first picture. Forget Chris Hutton. Is that James Tavernier? It is James Tavernier. Yeah, yeah. Probably done better in uh, Scotland than he did in England, yeah. but um, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, rather young looking Ryan Taylor there. It is. James Perch. James Perch. James, James, Perch. James, James Perch, yeah. A bit of an unsung hero at Newcastle. Became a bit of a cult Agree. hero. Agree. Ivan Tony. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Patrick Van Arnhold. Yeah, Patrick Van Arnhold. He's yeah. on loan at Newcastle, of course. Caldwell, Gary Caldwell. Gary Caldwell. Gary Caldwell, who was at Newcastle with his brother Steve. That big more the army. No. 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 Or is it, is it fits all? It is. Fits all. One size, yeah. one size. <laughs> That's in Zogbia. That's in Zogbia. That's in Zogbia. That's more the That's army. The army. That's, That's the army. army. That's the army. He had a, had a, a pretty, uh, you know, recognisable style, didn't he? He just like, yeah. you know, lean, leaning forward, etc. Paul Daglish. Paul Daglish. Couldn't find a picture of him in the Wigan strip, but that is Paul Daglish, son of Kenny. Sibierski. Antoine Sibierski. Antoine Sibierski. Dave Besant. Dave Besant. Dave Besant. That is it. Well done, lads. Clean sweep for you this week um, on the uh, on the picture board round. And uh, over to you, George, then, for your 1 to 11. Uh, Besant. Caldwell, uh, Gary Caldwell, um, Alan Kennedy, Moe Army, uh, Titus Bramble, Stephen Caldwell, uh, Keith Gillespie, um, Michael O'Neill, Mickey Quinn, Ivan Tony, 
and Charles Enzogia. And, and the manager's got could only for me could only be Chris Sutton because uh, the bloke we've got now, I couldn't I couldn't put my hand to saying I'd picked up ever be a manager myself, but never mind. Enzogia. <laughs> Steve Hasty. Uh, I've got Bessent and Goal. I've got fullbacks of uh, Ryan Taylor and Tavernier. Settle defenders of uh, Gary Caldwell and Titus Bramble. Uh, I've gone three in midfield. Perch as a hold midfielder alongside Keith Gillespie and uh, Vukic with the army playing in front of them. Um, and up front, I went for Mickey Quinn and I put Ivan Tony in just for a laugh because everybody's going on and on about him. Um, and I thought, you know what, I can barely remember I've seen him play, so I'll stick him in anyway. I was struggling for a manager. I'd forgotten all about uh, Chris Hooten, to be perfectly honest. There was no way I could stick Steve Bruce in. So I, I was actually talking with the idea of making Mickey Quinn a player manager. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, you could, add, horses, you could add Brucey. He's uh, top 12, you know, top 12. 12 Stu, Stu Penman. Right, uh, I've got President Goal as well. Perch, right back, Van Old, left back, Colwell Bramble in the middle. Two centre midfielders of Diomi and Ryan Taylor. Then I've got Charles and Dogbier on the left and Keith Gillespie on the right. And that then I got I had Sibieski up front and then I got stuck. So I used the old uh, get up with jail card and rang Mitch. And he reminded us that Mickey Quinn played for Wigan. So I took Vukic out and put Mickey Quinn in and go for it with Sibieski. And I said, I can't think of a manager. And he said, Steve Bruce. I went, I still can't think of a manager. <laughs> 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 that, that's how it was. I didn't, I, obviously, I didn't connect Chris with Wigan either, same as uh, Steve. So I think we'll go with no manager for that. Fix <laughs> itself. Well, we'll get Peter yeah. Wigan anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, Steve Wilkinson. Right, well, I've got a four-four-two formation, but I think there's a, there's a lot of left-sided actually in it. So, uh, but I'm starting uh, James Perch, Gary Caldwell, Titus Bramble, Alan Kennedy, left back, um, midfield uh, Keith Gillespie, Modi Army, Charles and Ryan Taylor, and Mickey Quinn and Ivan Tony up front. I've got Alex Bruce's sub, but not the son that's causing all the the social media bother. Um, Alex Bruce going back quite a few years. Ginger yeah. Scott, Scott's lad. Yeah. And uh, as, a, as a, a manager, I picked Graham Jones, who was a uh, coach quite a lot there. And uh, he's probably our manager now, if we're truth be told, yeah. but uh, not officially. Good shout out, Lee Taylor as well. And Billy, uh, Trace and Son both came out with Graham Jones as well. I did see him on my uh, travels around the internet, to be fair as well, but uh, omitted him. Uh, Mitch, last but by no okay. means, this your team, mate. Yep. Bessenter was the only keeper I could find. And yeah. as a side point, I don't think he actually played a game for Wigan. Uh, but that's another matter. He did sign for them, so that'll do. Uh, then back for James Tavernier um, and Alan Kennedy as full-backs. Centre-backs, Gary Caldwell, who I've got in as my player manager because he managed Wigan for a little while, I think, as a caretaker. Yeah. Uh, and then alongside him, I put James Perch. My midfield four are on the right, Keith Gillespie, and on the left, Charles and Zogbier. With Modi Army and Antoine Sibierski in the middle, and then up front, Mickey Quinn. And I had to put Ivan Tony in because I watched the Brentford playoff final with uh, mine and Stu's friend Gareth, um, who who I was amazed was still going by the time the Champions League kicked off at 11. By that point, all he could say was, Mitch, Mitch, we're in the Premiership. And that was all I was getting out of him every quarter of an hour for the entire duration of the Champions League game. But fair play to him, we kept going, bless him. Um, so yes, we will see him in the Premiership next year and that's why I've got to put Ivan Tony in. Well done. Great stuff, lads. And as always, great job with uh, a team which was rather difficult. Next week, we're going with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, slightly easier, I think. Uh, but again, blue and white. Uh, the prominent colours. Uh, but looking forward to that next week. And uh, tomorrow I am back with uh, Super Mac. Gibbo is otherwise engaged tomorrow night. So it'll be me and Super Mac taking your questions. Uh, got a little special. I'm having a day off myself on Saturday. But we do have a, a pre-recorded um, evening with Les Ferdinand, which took place at Nine Bar a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, uh, which I'm going to load up and uh, stick that up. It's really good quality. Well worth a watch. 
um, and that'll pass an hour of your time on Saturday night. So it's uh, Saturday, fellas, Ferdinand, and tomorrow night, uh, Super Mac will be joining me, as usual, at 6 o'clock. And don't forget, um, Fab Four or Fantastic Four, whatever you want to call it, on uh, Friday night, uh, join me, Steve Hastie, Neil Mitchell, and Keith Patterson as we uh, chat for a couple of hours about what's going on with Newcastle, the takeover, transfers, whatever else has happened over the next couple of days. But uh, lads, until next Wednesday, look forward to seeing you then. Take care and good night. Only way you're ever gonna learn